are tuned in to Elite Business Live. Here we are on day one, coming to you live from London. Let me give you two words that aren't always heard in the same sentence. Bank and startup. And indeed, that is exactly what we're talking about as I introduce our next guest. Simi is the head of SME banking at a name you will probably know by now, and that is Starling Bank. So as I get ready uh, to introduce our next uh, keynote, let's brace ourselves, let's lean in and uh, get your questions at the ready as well, because Simi Swill is coming up in just a few seconds time. And let me just tell you one thing about our next guest. And first of all, I'm hoping beamed in through the magic of technology. Simi Swill, can you hear me? I can. Hi. Brilliant. Now, Simi, let me, let me talk to you uh, directly. In fact, I'll stay over here. Simi, Simi, thank you so much for joining us. You're head of SME banking at Starling. But first of all, it looks a bit like a rocket ship, Starling. It's gone off so brilliantly quickly. How does it feel to be inside that journey? Uh, it probably feels like being in a rocket ship. It's definitely exciting, um, particularly over the last few months when you've felt the joy of both being in a startup, but also helping so many other startups and other companies manage their way through, uh, as they say, unprecedented times. So uh, definitely a privilege to be working here. Good. And I get the impression you're dealing with the engineering team, the customer service team. You must feel a little bit like a juggler at times. Uh, definitely. Uh, we're dealing with all parts of the business, so uh, product, engineering, service, uh, operations. We're trying to put together the right processes, policies, um, communications, new product capabilities in order to be able to serve our customer base. Good. Well, look, I don't want to steal any of your thunder, so I won't ask any more questions for now. Uh, but I will say I've noticed firsthand the support that Starling is offering its customers everywhere, especially, of course, its business customers. So you look after uh, the small and medium sized part of that customer base. So Simi Swill, it's over to you. Thank you very much. Um, and it's an absolute pleasure to be here. But uh, as you've noted, it's a real shame we can't be together in person. Uh, I guess the audience are not only uh, hopefully customers, but also peers as fast growing ambitious businesses. And there's so much we can learn when we're all together. Um, before I start, I just wanted to give you a quick overview of Starling for those of you who don't know it. Um, I have some slides which I suspect mean you won't get to see me, which I am hoping for you as a net positive, but uh, please just assume I'm grinning wildly at you. Um, is that working? There we go. So uh, for those of you who don't know us, we were a fully digital bank founded in 2014 by Anne Bowden, who felt that traditional banking was broken and there had to be a fairer, easier and more human way to help people and businesses manage their money. We launched personal current accounts in May 2017 and business current accounts in March 2018. We now have over 2 million accounts, including over 300,000 business accounts which is uh, over 5% of the UK business market. Our business accounts are free. We have an online application journey that only takes minutes and we offer 24-7 UK-based customer service. We also have paid for subscriptions for Euro and US dollar business accounts and our business toolkit automates your bookkeeping and invoicing. We really feel we are doing our best to help you with financial management and save time, which uh, is absolutely critical at the moment. So at Starling, we also pride ourselves on challenging the status quo. Um, we push ourselves to focus on understanding our customers' ultimate objectives 
and creating products that will help you reach your goals faster. So while the topic for this afternoon is financial management, I didn't want to jump straight into why you need a bank account, though you do, and of course with Starling. And I didn't want to talk about just the importance of budgeting, though of course it is, um, or how to manage your cash flow, because you know we all know cash is king. I wanted to approach today the same way we like to approach every day at Starling. What does success for you really look like? Uh, we want to be part of enabling you, and we know that the bank account is not all that matters. So there are three things I wanted to focus on today. Oops, is this working? Uh, business success is more than debits and credits. Your bank account is there to enable you to achieve your potential, but it's not the only measure of your business. Two, maintaining your balance is key. And by that mean, I mean not just your cash reserves, but also your well-being and that of your employees and customers. And lastly, embracing change as it's absolutely fundamental to growing your business. This also reflects how we at Starling look at our growth. Our customers and our mission to make things easier and fairer for them is at the heart of what we do. Doing the right thing is one of our core values and reflects not only how we want to treat our customers, but also how we aim to create a supportive and inclusive new environment, uh, environment for our people. We believe that this allows us to be more innovative and creative and gives us a competitive edge. So financial management. So it's obviously important, without creating a budget and tracking your performance against it, it'll be very hard for your business to succeed in the long run. But your business is more than your budget or bank balance. And while I'd like to think a Starling bank account is your guarantee of success, I'm really most proud when we are, enabled, we are able to enable our customers to instead use the time they save with us and the insights we give them to focus on growing their business, connecting with their customers and improving their products. If you're in this virtual room today, you have founded, want to found, or work for a small business because you were inspired by the opportunity to do something better, or you saw a gap in the market that you thought you could uniquely fill. That passion is what will drive you and the perspective through which you can assess whether your financial management is helping you towards your goals. So I'd like to introduce you to a number of our inspiring business customers today who I think highlight that balance between financial management and business purpose. The first is IN, short for If Not Now, When, an online zero-waste grocery store. IN sells the groceries and cleaning products through its website and everything is delivered in reusable packaging by bicycle. I can talk about how much they love using Starling, relying on our real-time notifications or our integrations with accounting platforms, but I also know that their objectives are more than financial. Their measures of success go beyond their revenue. They are clear they want to create a community and a circular model with minimal environmental impact as possible, but making their financial management easier is, what, is how we enable them to do that. So ultimately, the success of your business comes down to you, your ability to define that need, identify those customers, and create, market, sell, and support that product or service to them. Understanding your finances gives you two important capabilities. One, an understanding of how you have been going so far through the lens of revenue and costs. And two, options about what you do next, your ability to invest, increase or reduce prices, hire staff, or spend more on marketing. With that knowledge, you are then empowered to make decisions that help you to achieve your ultimate business goals, be it disrupting an industry, creating a new market, or building a business that aligns more with your values and the work you want to be doing. 
Keeping that in mind helps you write the business plan that goes around your budget. Your budget focuses on the numbers, but the rest of your plan must take into account your operations and what you are trying to achieve, and setting out the key performance indicators that help you understand how you are tracking towards your goals, besides revenue and cost. That may include tracking sales conversions, repeat customers, returns, sales per employee, customer satisfaction, or even carbon footprint. What you track should link to what you are trying to achieve beyond your financial aspirations and what inspire you to start your business in the first place. When you're having a tough day, week, or month, those KPIs should hopefully inspire you that you're making progress towards your goals. Okay, so secondly, maintaining your balance is key. So your bank balance is only one indicator of how well you are doing. The last year of lockdowns has highlighted the importance of well-being for long-term sustainability. And as small businesses have had to operate under constantly changing, challenging circumstances, we've all had to find ways to balance between work at home and home. Owning a business is stressful even in the best of circumstances, particularly if you are responsible for the livelihoods of others. Doing the right thing for your own well-being and that of your business, employees and customers may mean making decisions about your values before your bottom line. That may mean not charging customers who are in financial difficulty, absorbing additional costs, supporting employees who are unable to work or donating to your community. An up-to-date view of your finances can give you the confidence and information to make decisions like this quickly, but ultimately those decisions come down to your purpose. At Starling, for example, within two weeks of going into lockdown, we launched our connected card for free to our customers. The connected card is a debit card that can be given to someone you trust so they can buy groceries and other essentials for you. We saw this as an opportunity for us to do something that will allow us to make a real difference at the height of lockdown, anxiety and uncertainty and help customers who are shielding or ill to easily and securely get help with their shopping by safely loading money onto cards they could give to their friends, neighbours, carers or volunteers. So on that note, I'd like to introduce you to another one of our business customers, On Hand. On Hand are an employee volunteering app which knows the importance of business being more than just about business. Founded in 2017, the app gives employees a way to complete volunteering hours, a great way to offer support for the community as well as boost morale and mental health. This has obviously been harder during the pandemic, but more important than ever, and On Hand has adapted, creating volunteering opportunities that are local and socially distanced, such as helping with grocery shopping, walking someone's dog, or making regular phone calls to those living alone. Their customers have seen the benefit of providing perspective and an opportunity to help others to their employees. Their volunteers have loved the opportunity to give back, and the recipients of support have been so grateful for the additional help. We also know that our Starling Connector cards have been critical to helping this volunteering work, and we're really proud to have been able to help make a difference. Also going to introduce you to Kalia. She launched Jammy in August 2016 to help support Black entrepreneurs by creating a platform and a discount card to promote their businesses. Kalia has spoken to us about successfully pivoting the business to being more focused online in the face of the pandemic. She has highlighted the importance of maintaining that personal balance in the midst of the pressure of running a business. Her family have been pivotal, pivotal in providing support, even working as part of the business, and she's part of a WhatsApp group with other business owners where they share news and updates and ask for help. 
Uh, I actually know they really do rely on each other for advice because I regularly get emails from other members of the group who say they've been recommended Starling and would like to move their banking across. So uh, very thankful for that group. Um, Kalia's great advice, which I am going to borrow to share with you today, is to surround yourself with people and entrepreneurs with a strong sense of purpose as a reminder that we can use business to create positive change. Lastly, embracing change to grow your business. So now more than ever, being adaptable and flexible and accepting nothing ever goes to plan is key to business success. A fantastic example of that is one of our oldest business customers, Cornelia James, a glove maker by royal appointment founded over 75 years ago by an Austrian Jewish refugee fleeing the Nazis. She leveraged her wartime experience of organizing craft therapy for injured servicemen into a glove business in 1946, and the business has had to regularly evolve its model since then. In the 60s, they responded to a fall in demand for gloves to expand into printed scarves. In the 90s, faced with the advent of faster fashion, a lot of their customers were under threat, and Cornelia James focused on modernizing their man manufacturing to be able to compete on cost. And about 10 years ago, they refocused again on building a brand rather than wholesaling, taking advantage of the internet to access a global customer base directly. And now 95% of sales are online with 60% from the US alone. And finally, during the pandemic, they had to adapt again, adjusting to having some of their team working from home while also continuing to recruit. And they used a bounce back loan from Starling to invest again in their manufacturing technology with a new hydraulic press and innovating with antimicrobial gloves. As the CEO, Andrew says, you must have a plan, but the plan must allow for flexibility and change. And at the other end of the spectrum, I'd like to introduce you to another one of my favorite examples of being able to quickly assess a situation and take a risk um, to take advantage from it, which is Cronkshaw Fold Farm. Some of you may have already been customers or seen this already. Um, when we went into lockdown, most of Cronkshaw Fold Farm's revenues from educational trips to weddings and holidays went on hold. Dot McCarthy started offering virtual activity videos with her local community and then as a joke, offered the ability to book goats for Zoom calls. Literally overnight, it really struck a chord as organizations everywhere scrambled for a way to bring people together and find joy remotely amidst uncertainty. And she was inundated in demand for everyone from Facebook management teams to NHS staff in need of a cheer up. And she has become one of the most fun and famous examples of businesses adapting creatively in the face of lockdown. I actually had a quick look at some of the goats on offer on the website and uh, definitely made me chuckle and I'm trying to think of when I can uh, next book a Zoom call. So uh, I do encourage you all to have a look. So these two different examples show that writing a five-year strategy may give you a sense of direction, but it cannot guarantee survival in constantly changing environments. We increasingly need to move away from a focus on hitting specific targets to building agility and resilience into our businesses and teams. A key part of this is being able to have up-to-date information easily accessible so we are empowered to respond, which is a key advantage of digital banking. We at Starling are proud to have been critical support for a lot of businesses this year, but that also meant we had to adapt quickly. From an almost standing start and a limited lending platform, we opened our digital doors to offer bounce-back loans a week after they went live. 
we have now provided over 45,000 loans to small businesses, for most of whom it was the difference between being able to survive and closing their doors permanently. And it allowed us to stay true to our mission of making it easier for small businesses to manage and grow their businesses. At Starling, we see our bank accounts as an important foundation for empowering you to succeed. We aim to see you as more than the numbers in your bank account and support you in what you need as a person, not just as a business. We hope by making it easier for you to manage and understand your financial performance, you have the time and confidence to focus on growing your business and the real-time insights to adapt swiftly to take advantage of the future challenges and opportunities which await. That's it. I don't know, Ollie. Thank you very much indeed, Simi. Can you see me? Simi, that was fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Um, so many no questions for you. Are, are you all right to stick around for a few minutes, Simi, for some questions? Sure, of course. Brilliant. That, that, would be, uh, that, that would be great. Love some of those examples, by the way. Goats on Zoom. I mean, for goodness sake. I like it. We've uh, showing we're down with the kids, if nothing else. Uh, tell, tell me something, Simi. Does it make any difference being within an organisation that's entrepreneur-led, or is that more of a sort of nice to have? Or do, can, can you sense it? Absolutely. Um, I think it gives you a real sense of direction and purpose and ownership uh, when you are working for an entrepreneur-led organisation. And, you know, I think Anne in particular is so inspiring. It really makes me proud. And I think it inspires a lot of our teams to know where, what we're doing and the real sense of purpose we have. Yeah, so it's been it's been on my mind a lot. And I must say, just speaking about uh, joking about uh, kids and kids, um, you're also helping some of your customers and their children as well, because something on my mind is how we get to grips with money from a very early age. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about that. Uh, we have kite cards. It's not necessarily what I look after, but I think it's a fantastic initiative. Um, I think one of one of the things that drive us, our mission is to make finance more accessible, and that means financial education. And the sooner you start understanding uh, how money works and the value of it, I think it sets you up for success. So uh, it's definitely something that we are trying to encourage with the kite cards. So now we I encourage like those of you with you. Yeah. It caught my imagination. No, thank you, Simi. Uh, so, so, so a few questions uh, sort of uh, coming to me. One thing that's been on our minds today at Elite Business Live is, I guess, the evolving role of some of the organisations which support businesses, whether that's, you know, their mobile phone provider. And uh, just thinking about that in the context of a bank, I mean, traditionally somewhere to put your money, somewhere perhaps to lend you money. And I just wonder how you see that role evolving, um, to what extent you might become advisors over time. That's part of your role already. How do you see that evolving over the next few months and years? I think we always take it very seriously to make sure that our customers understand what they're doing. Um, there are formal requirements around providing advice, which we have to be very careful of. Yeah. Um, but in this time, you know, we have a lot of our customers are very anxious. They don't, they've probably taken on debt for the first time. And we really try to make sure that we provide them with the best support and understanding of what's involved. Um, but we obviously see financial services being more integrated across, you know, a wider set of products. And, you know, that's one of the risks, which is, you, you know, if it's further away from the bank, there's less of that support or less of that understanding of what risk and what those financial products mean. 
Yeah, so, so if someone was sitting there watching this and thinking, you know, I've got some pretty big decisions coming up in my company's life, and I wonder whether I should be asking my bank for advice about the direction to take. In Starling's case, would you say, bring it on, that's what we're here for? Or would you say, frankly, you could look elsewhere for that sort of guidance? So we can't formally provide you with business guidance. Um, some, though, you know, in my previous life, that was something I actually did. But, um, you know, I think in the first instance, we'd be ask, advising you to go to your accountant or to your wider network. Um, you know, make sure that you're making decisions from an unbiased perspective. Um, I think we would point people towards, you know, areas that or to resources that are particular to their sector or to their particular issue, but we wouldn't necessarily be able to advise them directly. Yeah, and just remind me, Simi, on your own journey, I don't know if you're allowed to say, but had you worked within, you know, much larger, more traditional, if I can call it, organisations? Because, of course, where this is going is, I'd love to know some of the contrasts, because I see styling as a bit of a challenger, really. Uh, sure. I mean, we are absolutely a challenger, and part of what uh, attracted me to it was the ability to make a big difference and sort of address some of the problems of traditional banking. Um, my background is I spent eight years doing mergers and acquisitions and, you know, equity capital markets advisory. So largely with uh, slightly bigger businesses advising them on how to raise capital and, you know, how to make strategic decisions such as buying or selling other businesses. So, um, but as part of that, I saw how many of them were let down on their more traditional banking uh, requirements and also how they were taken advantage of. And I sort of see that opportunity that Starling has to you know, make that part of the journey so much easier and allow businesses to focus on what they really want to be doing, which is growing their business and speaking to their customers and improving their product. Yeah. So, so on that, and uh, I'm not going to ask you to name names, Simi, but I can imagine somebody tuned in saying, switch around the colours, switch around the logos. And in 2021, I think all banks are probably about the same. So I'm saying that uh, to be deliberately mischievous. Um, what's an example of something you do internally as Starling, or maybe you know you do for your customers, that hand on heart you think, I can't see Barclays doing that, if I'm honest, or forget the name. But I just want to get a sense of how you're doing things differently, because the easy bit is saying we're a challenger, right? I guess it's just evidencing that and just helping raise its profile. Absolutely. Um... I'm trying to think of a good example, but I think most of it is whenever we come across a new product or a process, we start from scratch and saying, well, what is the customer really trying to achieve? So I think a lot of the big banks are taking an existing process and that might mean documents um, or, you know, number of people in different parts, teams handing paper between each other and they're just digitizing that. But they aren't necessarily saying, okay, how do we want to make sure that our customers are safe? So a lot of it's been around how we've been creating security, um, you know, it, Everything we offer, we own, we build all our technology. So we're really starting from scratch and saying, well, what is the behavior that we're trying to encourage our customers to do? What do we want to protect them from? Um, and rather than putting layers of security around that, we're sort of you know, embedding it in everything that we do. Um, I think another example is our bounce back loans are completely digital. Uh, our, our onboarding is completely digital. Uh, you don't have to send through any forms or uh, print anything off. Um, I think I've heard stories of people having to sign bounce back loans over Zoom 
you know, as while their bank managers witness them or having to take documents into branches, yes. notwithstanding the lockdown. Interesting. Well, I'm so. going to come back to that, Simi, just briefly. But Adam Wilkinson asks quite an interesting question. He says, you're spot on that financial education is key. How strong do you think financial literacy is amongst the small and medium sized enterprise sector? What do you reckon? I think it's a range. Uh, I think people are more literate and more savvy than they are sometimes get given credit for. Um, but that doesn't mean we need have uh, we it doesn't mean we need to have the right protections though, just in case. Uh, I think financial literacy is different also from commerciality. And you know, I think small businesses are incredibly commercial. They know exactly how to be making money. They know how to find opportunities. But they might just need a little bit of support on, you know, how, what does that mean in terms of the accounting or in terms of the tax? And I think that's a lot easier to bring in externally than it is to have within your business. So um, I would, if I were to choose, I'd say I'd want a really commercial uh, small business and you can bring in some of that external expertise separately. All right. Well, Simi, that's a very helpful uh, to, to, to shine a light on it in that way. So uh, thank you, Simi.